You're listening to the Plane Talking UK podcast, the UK-based podcast written by a passenger for anyone. And here are your hosts, it's Carl Stebbings and Simon Woolthorton. Well, hello and welcome to episode number 39 of the Plane Talking UK podcast. I'm Carl Stebbings and joining me again this week in the kitchen studio, welcome Matt Smith. Hello, good morning. And how are you, Matt? I'm all right, thank you. Yes, yeah, a bit early, but bit, there we are. A bit early, yes. We're recording very early today. Yeah, somebody's in another plane this afternoon. Yes, yes. I'm, <laughs> I'm flying this afternoon, having, having a lesson this afternoon. Uh, today's the 29th of November, and uh, it's just coming up to nine o'clock in the morning. Um, you got here very early. Yeah, you've had breakfast, though. I have been fed, so it's easy. He's been fed. I'm a lot happier than I was when I arrived, certainly. <laughs> so Matt, uh, Matt's joined us again, and uh, he's also, um, it, Matt's going to come on board as our, our kind of uh, executive producer and mm. IT type chap because Ooh. he's good at those sorts of things has been known and technical stuff yes. um, but you're going to come on more often now aren't you through, yeah. uh, through yeah, the hopefully. course and uh, help us out uh, when Simon's not here because yes, he's not yes. here at the moment busy boy yes. busy boy busy yeah. boy but there's been lots of news happening uh, this week mm. uh, across the globe yes. um, we've got a few interesting stories uh, one involving passengers pushing planes on, on runways. Perfectly normal. Which is yep. good. Yep. Uh, a few other interesting ones. We've got plenty of uh, Ryanair stories Dang. as well. <laughs> yes. Oh, this, it's why I got up. Yeah, <laughs> I knew you'd like that. I've got those all ready for you. Splendid. So you had, you've had a busy week there, Matt. You've been to you've been to uh, London, I suppose. Yes, again, twice you? this week. Yes, yeah, yeah, good yeah, for good, my good. students. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, well, yes, they like they like challenging me <laughs> on on your huge coach. Yes, indeed. Don't Ooh. know how you drive that thing uh, very easily. Usually with a steering wheel. Ah, oh, good, good. Yeah. You need a, you need a uh, ailerons and rudders and stuff, flaps and what? what? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. What? It would make the coach. Your that coach should have question. wings. <laughs> no, no, it shouldn't. Essentially, no, essentially, a coach would you would. Sort of say that's yeah. really Cap- a, a cabin, plane without cabin wings. crew. I'd quite like. Yeah, that would be nice. Yeah, you, you, know, yeah, you, you need, need to, to get some cabin crew. Tr- yeah, really trolley good. going up and down. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> we've got lots to talk about. Uh, we've got we've got quite a bit of military news as well. Some interesting stories uh, this week regarding the uh, Rapture, uh, which hopefully the F thirty five, which hopefully will be at Riyadh next year. Ooh. Um, and we've also got some news on Riyadh as well, which oh. is quite interesting as well. That'd so be, make sure you look forward that. to reading it. So before we start, we're going to just uh, let you know again, refresh your memories uh, on the competition we're running um, this month uh, through to th- or through to our Christmas show. Um, we've got some awesome prizes, awesome prizes. We've got some Plane Talking UK t-shirts. And, yes, I've just uh, received mine this morning. Yeah. Very nice. And uh, you, you've got a calendar. You've yes, got a calendar. Yes, yes. Yeah, we've Pride got some place calendars. in my bedroom. Yes. <laughs> yes. Mum won't let me put it up in the lounge. Oh. No. <laughs> Mother, if you're listening, yes. we'll send you a calendar. Um, yes, we've got some calendars to give away as well as prizes. So there's two questions to answer, and you can send your answers via uh, email via our website, or you can send them to uh, uh, plaintalkinguk at hotmail.com. You can send them there, your answers as well. Uh, the two questions that we've asked are, the first question is, uh, what date was the first official display of the Red Arrows? Um, and the second question was, what date was the first flight of the Lockheed L-1011 TriStar? So don't forget to send us your answers send, uh, to our email or um, via, if you go via our website at uh, www.plaintalkinguk.com, plain spelled P-L-A-N-E, 
you can uh, click on the Contact Us tab and send us your answers there. We're going to draw those on our Christmas show, which uh, will be just before uh, we all break up for Christmas. Could you, do you say break up for Christmas? A bit school. We're not at school anymore. No, 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 no. I, I, although I, I'd say we we do break up for Christmas in our in our job because for the same sort of thing, so we can all have a bit of family time and yes. things like that. So Joy's working for a little family firm, really. So the answers will be on that on that uh, show just for Excellent. Christmas. Can't wait. Um, you, you're not one of them. Enter. I'm okay with. One of them, I think I know the answer to. The other one, the Lockheed one, not quite so sure. Um, well, I'm not going to tell you. No, thanks. So uh, I, I presume I'm not allowed to enter anyway, so no, it's kind not, of irrelevant. No, no. no um, uh, podcast podcast producers uh, of yeah. this show are not allowed to enter <laughs> really? the competition. Oh, but uh, Max, uh, Max Floyd or David Vanderhoff or, or any uh, any other podcast right. producers who listen to the show, uh, feel free to enter. Right. Um, okay. <laughs> or uh, Captain Jeff from the Airline Pilot Guy podcast. Yeah, yeah. He can also enter as well. Right. Uh, I'm sure listen. they'll be thrilled to oh, hear that. Yes, yes. Good news. Right, so we're going to start off episode 39 then, mm-hmm. as we always do each week with our rundown of the news from the last week and our last few days from around the world and the UK. So, Matt Smith, are you ready? Uh, ready as I'll ever be. Right, let's go. So kicking off this week's news, we're going to take our first story, and uh, you're, you're going to do this one, aren't you, Matt? I am indeed, Jess. This is from the Travel Mole website, and it's a, a personal favourite subject matter of mine, and it involves Ryanair. Good Yay. news. Yes. So Ryanair partners with Booking.com. Ryanair has partnered with Booking.com to offer customers more than 550,000 hotels directly on its website. The low-cost airline, which claims to move, uh, which claims the move is part of its always getting better program, <laughs> yeah, right, uh, <laughs> says there will be 25 types of accommodation available from over 40 million guest reviews. It's also guaranteeing the best price on any type of property. Ryanair's chief marketing officer Kenny Jacobs said Ryanair, Ryanair will con- will carry 89 million passengers this year at our lowest fares and our partnership with Booking.com guarantees the lowest hotel prices, allowing Ryanair customers to book their flights and accommodation together, ensuring they save even more every time they fly with us. Global Head of PR at Booking.com, Andre Manning, said, We are excited to be the exclusive partner of Ryanair and and to see reservations of accommodations grow rapidly in a very short time via their website. This is good. I I've used booking.com before. I must admit I've used um I've I've done I've quite often booked a car through Ryanair because mm-hmm. I think they they've got to deal with Hertz have, I think yeah. haven't they? Yeah. And uh, certainly in Ireland and that is very handy to sort of not have to trouble auntie to come and get me from the airport if I'm mm. having a flush month where I can justify a, a higher car. But, um, yeah, I mean, well, it's, it's as, long, as long as the deal... I mean, at the end of the day, but as you say, Booking.com is a... Huge. ...is a, is a big website. They the know UK, what they're yeah. doing. I mm. mean, it's uh, it, it, it should be uh, good news. I'm a bit worried that maybe Ryanair are trying to sort of piggyback onto a very successful site that's, <laughs> you know, not got the reputation they have, shall we say, for shoddiness. <laughs> <laughs> you can't put them down. I can. Watch <laughs> oh, me. Oh, OK, OK. <laughs> No, I think it's good. I think it's good. And 
you know, it'll be it'll make things a bit easier for us who want to book hotels yes. uh, and and other bits and pieces at the same time. Yeah, got to be the way forward, right? So, well, there we are. So, on, off to New York. Yes, yeah, so the yeah. New York Times. This story, and uh, this is something that I was just telling Matt about before we start this show. Ah, this is the this is. <laughs> yes. Oh dear. So uh, earlier this week, uh, we had uh, an issue in uh, in in well in in Russia in over right. in Russia. Yeah, you personally. Um, uh, in yeah. the town of Igarka. Um, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Igarka. It's 100 miles north of the Arctic Circle. Oh, bloody cold then. And uh, where temperatures can uh, to get uh, can get down to uh, minus 47 degrees Fahrenheit. <laughs> um, right. <laughs> so basically the story uh, it goes uh, that uh, the passenger plane was stuck near the terminal and uh, a tow truck apparently stalled. And uh, dozens of passengers at the airport in the Russian town of Igarka, um, had to help push the aircraft onto the runway. <laughs> it was a scene uh, that quickly entered the world's fast-growing pantheon of legendary YouTube clips and a spectacle so far-fetched that even by the end of the night where that there were disputed accounts about whether some of it or all of it might have been staged or if the passengers' efforts were more symbolic than real. What is clear, though, is that uh, some number of the 74 passengers and seven crew uh, members planning to take the charter flight uh, on Cavia, a division of UTAIR or UTAIR uh, Airlines from Igarka to the Siberian city of Krasnoyarsk. I think that's how you present that <laughs> I'm one. So glad you've got this story. <laughs> um, it uh, the uh, aircraft uh, was standing on snow-covered tarmac. And uh, these guys were pushing on the wings of a Tupolev Tu-134 jet, uh, helping to roll the plane revert in reverse, uh, pushing it you know, backwards uh, onto the runway. As is often the case after a controversial incident in Russia, there were deeply conflicting accounts as to precisely who or what uh, was to blame no, for. Really? So, in a statement by the West Siberian Transport Prosecutor. Um, has said that um, they've got a special division to deal with potentially criminal uh, transit mishaps <laughs> and said that the braking system on the landing gear had frozen and what officials called a tow truck, which actually pushes the plane with a metal arm, had stalled. Passengers got off the plane and began to push it back onto the taxiway, according to the statement which added that prosecutors will assess the legality of the actions of all those involved. Uh, the plane's wings sit nearly six feet off the ground and said that most passengers had to stretch up just to reach them. Um, budging the 70-ton uh, aircraft by hand was simply uh, not uh, all that easy. Mm. Um, but they, they did. Uh, for those of you who uh, who look on YouTube, you can actually YouTube this on uh, uh, on there and find the video of these passengers pushing this TU-134, um, all clad in uh, woolly hats and gloves and scarves and uh, in, in that temperature. As I say, Carlos showed it to me earlier. I mean, and this is not a tiny plane. I mean, let's just make that clear. Well, it's not It's, it's not, not the biggest plane. No, 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 it's, it's not a not, Boeing 747 no, or anything, no, 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 but, it, no. but it's, it's a bit more than a prop plane, do you know what I mean? It's just like... It's, it's big. It was yeah, big enough. yeah, yeah. It's uh, well, but it's amazing, it. the video, if you watch it, it you can see that all these guys sort of... Sort of Shouting and yeah. push, yeah, push, yeah. <laughs> whatever, whatever the yes. Russian for push is. Yes, but I mean, I mean, uh, if they get told off or uh, um, you know something, I mean, 
wouldn't I'd, I'd love it if given the chance if a pilot came over and said to me can anyone get out and just give us a quick push right. I'd be the first one out of the seat really yes <laughs> Uh, in minus 74 degree or 34 degree temperatures or whatever, I'd be less keen, I've got to be honest. I mean, I'd have to have something warm to wear, obviously, in that right. situation, yes. but I'd be yeah. more than happy to go out and help push the aircraft. Definitely. Well, that's good. Yeah. I, think I'd rather, I think I'd rather go and thaw out the uh, tow truck, if I'm honest. <laughs> or get it started. <laughs> or yeah. get it started. This, um, this aircraft in question, a TU-134A, yeah. this is one of the first aircraft I ever flew on as a child. Right. Yeah, Gosh, many, many, old. many wow. years ago. Yeah, <laughs> It's actually an it's, it's, uh, ex-Cold War converted um, sort of uh, bomber surveillance aircraft. Right. If you, if you look at these aircraft, if you find a picture of a TU-134 online, yeah. um, the nose cone on uh-huh. the original old ones is, yeah. is, has glass windows all on the nose cone. Really? Where the uh, we we well, I think where the sort of the bomber sites and stuff oh, are blimey. from yeah. Gosh. Um <laughs> but uh, no, uh, my first memories of flight were with one of these and where aircraft. can you remember where you were going? Dubrovnik, Yugoslavia. Oh right. Oh, well, yeah. that r- correct territory then. Yes, yeah. yes, many, many years ago. That was with uh, an airline called Aviogenics, which I think is still going. Right. And how old going. were you then? Oh blimey. Nine, eight right. or nine and years. You can old. Remember this alarming level of detail in an event oh. that took place. <laughs> Let's enough, be honest; it's, a, it's a involving a while ago. <laughs> right? Okay, so really have been obsessed from a small child. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I have. I have. <laughs> so our next story, then uh, you're going to take this one. Okay. So this one is RTE News. Oh, hello, <laughs> Ryanair to double in size in the next ten years. That's according to Mr. O'Leary. Um, Ryanair will be the world's most searched airline website by the end of this year, according to its chief chief executive. Ryanair boss Michael O'Leary was speaking at the Deloitte... Is it Deloitte? Am I saying it right? Deloitte. Deloitte, right. Deloitte Deloitte Enterprise Ireland CEO Forum today at Dublin Castle. This country's real engine of growth is small Irish companies. For success, we have to be big in Europe and then into the world, he said. He said Ryanair would double in size in the next 10 years and is already the world's biggest international airline with 71 bases, 183 airports, 1,600 routes and 2,000 flights a day. Mr O'Leary also said that the airline has a plan for a low-cost transatlantic option and operation sorry, from 15 European cities to about 12 US cities but it's said it would need a fleet of up to 40 long-haul aircraft to do so. We think we could do $10 fares. Really? $10 fares? Mm. $10 fares. But we can't source the aircraft for three or four years, he said. Speaking about Ireland's competitiveness and taxation, Michael O'Leary said, it's very hard to hire bright young people and tell them that they're going to be paying the top rate of tax at €30,000. Right, that, that sounds like a bit of a PR stunt, if I'm honest. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, well, but, I mean, he, he's right, though. I mean, oh, pe- yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, I I have a go at them just because it's fun, really. I mean, you know, I've said before, I don't actually have any problem with Ryanair directly. And at the end of the day, they are we responsible. Yeah, they they are responsible for a relatively cost-effective way of getting to and from sort of local destinations. Definitely. And yeah. that's right. That they are, they're going to just keep growing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Plus, they have improved their image, though, Matt. Yeah, no, the they last have. few months. Yeah, they yeah, have agree. improved their I agree. image. Yeah, well, and, and I, I think that's the trouble. You get people like British Airways and, 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 you know, which, again, lovely companies and stuff. But, 
you know, I mean, they just got hungry and they just sort of like got greedy, I think, basically. And so you get along someone like Michael O'Leary who thinks, right, let's let's uh, undercut them and, and, you know, get people to use him. I mean, but one of the things that, that Ryanair do, which you, you yeah. probably know, you realise and know as yeah, well, yeah. is that uh, Ryanair mm-hmm. use... Wh- oh, pardon me. Steady. Bit greetings. Of a, yeah, yes. greetings. Uh, they use one type of aircraft... Yes. Like the whole fleet yeah, is seven three eight hundred eight hundred. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, and that is their aircraft. Yeah, um, which I think is a really good idea. Well, it kind of makes sense, I suppose, because mm. you're just carrying the same spares, aren't you? Mm. So you yeah. haven't got to have hundreds of thousands of different different parts and things. So I, I guess in the long run, I mean, you're buying parts in bulk. You're, you know, it's um, and it kind it's, of makes sense. It's probably good relations with Boeing. Well, yeah, with all those yeah. aircraft, it's probably about the only airline still using them. To be honest, <laughs> <laughs> you can't say that. Well, Honestly. you know, we were saying it. We were saying in the last one. You know, Airbus seemed to be um, sort of taking the charge, certainly for new airlines, aircraft, and things. There's there's new new aircraft in the pipeline for Is Boeing. There? I think Ooh. yeah, we're going to see some things happening in the next few years, well, definitely. And the Dreamliner, especially with the Max, yeah. the seven three seven Max, which is due yeah. to come online right. and what's next that? year. That's, what's that's the Max? A, that's kind of the uh, the that's a new. We we talked about this before in uh, previous shows, and okay. that's, that's kind of a, a re-engined, um, slightly slightly larger right. by by uh, around about eight seven or eight seats. It's about oh, hundred. Right. It's about hundred. <laughs> right. Carries a few more people. Right, yeah, eight more. Yeah, <laughs> uh, has slightly different winglets on right. the ends, uh, and uh, it's it's a popular aircraft being oh. brought by uh, or ordered by quite a few airlines now. So. Oh, cool, cool, excellent. Okay, on to the next one, business traveller. Yes, the business traveller site. This one, Air France, uh, creates Hop Air France for short haul mm. services. So uh, all of Air France's short haul services uh, will, from next summer, be operated by a new subsidiary called Hop Air France. The move brings together staff from both Air France and its regional subsidiary Hop. The resulting Hop Air France structure is designed to bring the group's short haul routes back into profitability within three years. Frédéric Gagey, Air France's chairman and CEO, said the short-haul activity is in competition with trains, cars and low-cost airlines. We need to restructure our company to be even more responsive, market-orientated and close to our customers. HOP provides a response adaptive to the specific characteristics of the short-haul carrier activity and the travel needs of our customers. I am counting on all the efforts of all the staff to achieve the ambitious targets for the business. A statement from uh, Air France said that there will be no modification, transfer of employment contracts or transfer of the teams based at Roisy or elsewhere in France. In September, Air France offered to withdraw the rollout of its low-cost subsidiary Transavia in Europe in a bid to end a two-week pilot strike. And the national carrier also unveiled its Hop regional branding at the beginning of last year. So Hop Air, right? Hmm. So it's kind of a, a low cost uh, part of, of Air France, then, right? That's okay. Good. What, what when they sh- what, what what's classed as short haul? I mean, we're talking inter inter yeah, country Europe. or yeah. Oh yeah, right, Europe. It's sort of kind of covering sort of a bit, a kind of bit, kind of like what Ryanair and EasyJet right. do. I think sort of the shorter the shorter hops, right? <laughs> Funnily enough, hop, hop, uh, the shorter hops uh, <laughs> from uh, different uh, places, which I suppose it's uh, silly for Air France to operate one of their huge uh, yeah, aircraft get, yeah. on these short flights. So um, I, I'm just amazed they haven't done it before. Really, I mean, I, you'd you think the market would be quite 
saturated with all sort yeah. of the low cost like Ryanair and EasyJet and Wizz Air, another yeah. popular low cost airline as well. Doesn't doesn't give uh, any indication as to what they intend their routes to be, does it? That's the only thing at the moment. No, we'll have to we'll have to look up Hot Air and yeah, see what yeah. see what they're all about, won't we? Yeah, we'll look into that next time, I think. Yeah. Next story then. Okay, buying business travel this time. Um, not seen this website before, actually. Uh, Delta adds Heathrow to Philadelphia flights is the headline. Uh, Delta is to add a new service from Heathrow to Philadelphia for the summer uh, 2015 season. The US carrier, which operates a transatlantic joint uh, venture with Virgin Atlantic, will begin the daily Heathrow to Philadelphia route from 7th of April 2015, when it will use a Boeing 757 on the service. The move will add extra competition on the route, which is currently operated by both British Airways and US Airways. Meanwhile, US Airways has decided to cancel its Edinburgh to Philadelphia seasonal route for summer 2015. A sister carrier, American Airlines, adds a new daily service from the Scottish capital to New York JFK, JFK from the 7th, 2015. US Airways only began its summer-only Edinburgh to Philadelphia service in May 2014, so there's obviously just not enough, not enough interest, I guess. Philadelphia as well. Yeah. One of those places I've always heard about, you know. Is that just because of the film? No. <laughs> no, I think it's more the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Oh, of course. Ah, uh, yes. In, no, I won't, yeah, I won't do the rap. Don't do the rap, no, okay. yeah, Well, it's a shame, really. It's a shame for, um, for, for Scotland, really, to, to lose a, a big carrier like that out of mm. Edinburgh. Um, shame really. Delta obviously just, just, just a not enough. There just can't be enough interest, I guess. If it's, the demand it's, isn't there, then I, I can. It's the only reason I can think they've only ran it for a year. It's a shame. Delta yeah. are a lovely airline. I've not flown with Delta, but they've got um, they've got quite a good um, yes. of customer sort of base of people who right. like to use Delta. So, mm. oh plus I know a Delta pilot as well, mm. but I'm not going to say anything else other than that. But I do know a pilot who flies for Delta. Right. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> So next story, yeah, on the Travolution site. This one, oh, that's for me. This one this <laughs> time, look. Ryanair uh, replacing their paper flight manuals with Boeing iPad app. <laughs> uh, this is something we covered in previous podcasts. Mm. A lot of uh, airlines, uh, the actual pilots used to carry huge manuals books, yeah. and they used to have them on the flight deck in mm. little sort of cubby holes and stuff. Manuals for different bits. Of, um, uh, airport maps, you know, telling yeah. them the taxiways and procedures yeah. and, and stuff like this. So Ryanair are moving to having them on an iPad. Right. Um, so the, the pilots uh, flying its entire fleet of 300 Boeing 737-800s are starting to use iPads in place of traditional flight manuals. Crew have full electronic use of Boeing's onboard performance tool, which includes takeoff performance calculations as well as instant access to electronic flight manuals, which will further improve time management and productivity, reducing dependency on papers. These two applications are due to be followed by the use of electronic charts and load sheets, subject to testing and approval from the Irish Aviation Authority. The low-cost carrier plans to remove paper from the flight deck, eliminating 15 kilos of manuals from each cockpit. This will deliver fuel savings across the airline's 550,000 flights a year, while also eliminating more than 10 million pages of paper documentation. Michael Hickney, Group Operations Director, said with a rapidly growing operation across 71 European bases, the logistical challenges of delivering information to crew are instantly simplified with the introduction of the iPad as an electronic flight bag. 
Ryanair recognises the value of its cutting-edge technology as a powerful and flexible solution. Our progression towards paperless flight deck has efficiency benefits recognised across the industry. And a paperless cockpit is an efficient cockpit. Well, there we are. 15 kilograms worth of manuals. That's crazy. I mean, just think, without those manuals, they can cram in another overpriced bag. It's brilliant. <laughs> I didn't think about that, actually. That's, that's true, yeah. 15 kilograms. I mean, actually, yeah. that's, that's a lot of stuff. That's quite heavy, isn't it? That's, because um, I'm just trying to think, Ryanair's hand luggage allowance is 10 kilos. Like, yeah, no, so it's, it's, no, it's 15. It's, it's basically, it 10 or 15? It's basically no, it's, a bag, isn't it? I mean, yeah. it's, 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 it's crazy, really. I mean... To, you're, this 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 is the not knowing as much as you do question now coming so brace yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, is it just? I, I I don't know if I like the idea of mid-flight the pilot getting out a manual and reading how to play to fly the plane. That does worry me. Is that yeah. no? Yeah. I mean, especially like the thing is, I think what I'm getting at is we were mentioning literally earlier Ryanair. Uh, or they all fly seven three seven eight hundred eight hundreds yeah 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 I mean surely I mean I could understand if you went from like a you know like like that to an Airbus or something like that I could understand why maybe some things some procedures are slightly different but if they're flying the same aircraft all the time I mean do they really need a manual yeah yeah I mean it covers a lot of things though these manuals like like it says covers well, like load how sheets to fly and... no no no, no. <laughs> It, it's more procedures, right? You know, when something happens, there's okay. a procedure they yeah. follow, which they right. can revert to a book, as right. well as obviously knowing these things. Yeah, yeah. Um, but also, like it says, with the, the use of charts, you know, right. if they're landing at an airport they haven't landed at before, right? Okay, um, right. So charts, it's not it's not more for the actual. It's not so much the plane. It's more. It's more the, um, yeah. the sort of like the airports and things that you're going into. So procedures for landing, say at, at JFK Airport, or not? Yeah, that, right, not that not you, yeah. No, but <laughs> so it, yeah. it's more to do with actually what you do when you get the other end rather yeah. than the actual fl- plane itself. Yeah, it'll have they have detailed diagrams of taxiways, taxiway cool. numbers, runway ah, numbers, yes, course, frequencies, yeah. ILS, uh, you know, bits and pieces yeah, yeah. of information about ILS approaches and stuff like that. I mean, certainly when you, you're flying over some of these bigger airports, I mean, you mm. look at you look out at the window don't you sometimes you just think how on earth do you know where to go from there yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. just like a maze of runways and taxi lines and like yeah, different yellow markers and beacons and goodness mm. chaos chaos and you're know. and you're learning to do this what's wrong with you yeah. <laughs> it still it still worries me now because I, I, for, for those of you listening you'll you know i'm learning to fly at the moment and um it's, uh, I mean, flying a plane, I mean, I'm not just saying it, it flying a plane is reasonably easy. Right. You know, to control an aircraft yeah. is, is is reasonably easy, you know, once you've got it, you, you once you're up, up there. very quick. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, the thing of it is when you're up there and mm. um, and my instructor's saying, right, well, we'll head back to the airfield now. And I'm looking around and I'm thinking, oh, I can't see an airfield. Where, where am I? There's <laughs> trees, there's fields. <laughs> and um, some sky. I recognise that church, um, yes. but that's uh, in relation to the, um, uh, no. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm getting better. Yeah, it's I'm all about better. the flight. Getting better. Yes. Uh, but no, these, obviously when you're flying a big plane, yeah. you know, a big aircraft, yeah, yeah. big jet like that, you've got um, computers GPS, and yeah. GPS and <laughs> things that tell you where to go and where right. to turn and yeah. how, you know, and, but yeah. no, this is good. A lot of airlines are adopting this now. 
Yeah, I must um, admit, I have, a, I have a sat-nav in my coaches. The only reason I have it is because mother ensures me that every man should have at least one woman nagging in their life, so I opted for the sat-nav. It's much more straightforward. <laughs> you haven't gone for the voice change? No, 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 sat-nav. no, 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 no. I, I, Brian Blessed. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes, Gordon's alive! Yes. Anyway, yes. I think, I think that might terrify someone. <laughs> anyway, yes, sorry. Back back on the, uh, the task at hand, we're at uh, Robin Hood so Airport this time. I picked this story, yeah. um, especially for you, because oh, really? do you remember last uh, episode we we were talking about these the huge amount of weight taken ah, by aircraft. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Now this this aircraft is the biggest transport right. aircraft. Gosh, um, and uh, it tells you here. You'll read on. You'll see just how much this aircraft this, can carry. This picture that uh, this picture that Carlos has put in front of me is terrifying. The wings look like they they look so heavy. <laughs> They look like, how on earth does this thing get off the ground? Do you know what, there's, there's that, um, before Matt starts a story, yeah. uh, just to uh, add a bit of information, there's only there's only one I'm of these. I'm not surprised. It's probably the only aircraft. one that managed to get off the ground. It's amazing. <laughs> anyway, so, so the headline is, uh, world's largest aircraft arrives in Yorkshire, of all places. The world's largest aircraft made... A flying visit to the to Yorkshire as it flew into Robin Hood Airport, Doncaster, Sheffield, on an operational cargo mission. Only one AN-225 Miria Dream was ever built by the company Antonov, and this giant of the skies, operated by Ukrainian company Antonov Airlines, landed in Doncaster to collect 150 tons of engineering equipment for a transatlantic flight. The AN-225 is a 275 feet in length, with a wingspan of 290 feet and a maximum takeoff weight of 640 tons. Wow. Um... Dale Hoxall, cargo manager at Doncaster Sheffield Airport, said the arrival of this huge aircraft is further proof of Doncaster Sheffield's airport's ability to handle the largest aircraft and cargo shipments. The AN-225 is the largest cargo freighter in the world, and we are absolutely thrilled that it was able to land here in Yorkshire. Now, now I didn't realise that Rob... I mean, I mean, there's so, I mean, did they have to recover the runway after it had gone? I mean, it's just... <laughs> you look at the picture, you'll see just how many uh, wheels, main undercarriage wheels, this aircraft has. Good heavens. It, it, it looks... It, re- it resembles the wheels of a tank. <laughs> That's the best way I can describe it. And it's, it's three engines on, on either wing, uh, or three jet engines, isn't it, on, 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 on each wing. Yeah. I mean, it's just... It just, I mean, it, look it up if, if you say look up the AN dash two two five. I've never seen anything like. Well, it. the Antonov two two five was uh, first as first flew on the twenty first of December nineteen eighty eight. Right, gosh, it's been away for a long time. Mm. Yeah. Uh, only one's been built, and uh, this aircraft, Matt, actually um, carried um, the. Uh, Buran, which is which was kind of a, a shuttle, it looks like the uh, space shuttle. Oh right, um, and that carried that on top of its um, uh, body at oh, the wow. Paris Air Show in 1989. Oh, uh, this aircraft um, on top, like a, it looks exactly like the, sh- the shuttle, like as in the space. Oh, shuttle. Oh, it's all like sort of piggybacked on, right? Yeah, Gosh, yeah, yeah. That was at yeah, that, like I say, at the Paris Air Show in 19, uh, 1989. But it's a huge. I mean, I've I've not actually seen this aircraft um, up close. No. But as we say, it's huge. It has a crew of six. I'm not surprised. It's probably just to try and move the um, 
just try and try and like move the controls. An absolute beast. Um, I'm just really. It's got six um, ZM KB Progress D18 turbo fans, producing fifty one thousand six hundred pounds of thrust each. Blimey! Uh, It has a maximum speed of five hundred and twenty eight miles an hour. Right. Yeah. Which is quite 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 nifty. Quite nifty. It cruises at four hundred ninety seven miles per hour. Has a range. Of uh, nine thousand five hundred and sixty-nine miles. Right. How does that, that compare aircraft? to sort of your average? That's fair. That's quite a good yeah. range. But it is. I mean, it's got some. But huge, there are big wings as well, isn't it? Huge yeah. fuel tanks, I think, as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it has a three hundred thousand kilo fuel um, capacity. Wow, carries. That's a lot of fuel, which yeah. is huge. But uh, the maximum, as it says here, it says on the well, you've just read, yeah. it has a maximum takeoff weight of uh, six thousand, uh, six hundred forty thousand. KG. KGs, that's crazy. I mean, I'm intrigued to know why they only made one. Oh, yeah, but I, 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 there was a, a documentary on um, Discovery, I think, one of the channels mm. about this aircraft that uh, you can watch. And uh, it's very interesting, actually, to watch. Yeah, I'll, put, uh, I'll, I'll look it up. I'll look it up. Right, so moving on then to our next story, this one on the Nats website. Uh, new runway technology at Newcastle Airport. Mm-hmm. Uh, Newcastle Airport uh, is the first airport in the UK to achieve Category 3 status for the use of Ford Scatter meter runway visual range equipment. Airport landing equipment is ranked dependent on the level of visibility it can operate in from Category 1 through to Category 3. Until now, Ford scatter meters, a piece of technology that measures runway uh, runway visibility, have been approved only for use in supporting uh, Category 1 operations. However, following a successful trial early this year, the Newcastle Airport and air traffic engineers at Nats have been uh, able to prove that technology can also provide the level of accuracy required for more demanding Category 3 operations. The breakthrough will radically reduce uh, the costs to airports are of this uh, vital piece of runway technology, replacing the need for more expensive equipment traditionally needed for Category 3 operations. Richard Knight, Operations Director at Newcastle International Airport, said that here at Newcastle Airport we operate in a range of weather conditions and investing in equipment which allows us to continually offer a high level of service to our passengers is a real priority for us. This exciting new technology provides a key enabler for our takeoff and landings in poor weather with our Category 3 ILS status and provides a reliable low-maintenance solution to ensure availability when needed. We're delighted to be the first airport in the UK to use this type of technology. The results for our passengers and airline partners is what we are able to operate where, uh, whatever the weather. Newcastle International connects with to 80 destinations directly and provides customers with access via a wider global network through New York, London, Paris, Brussels, Amsterdam, Dublin, Copenhagen and Dubai. The airport recently announced a New York service with United Airlines to commence in 2015 and in 2013 and 14, uh, which readers, the uh, magazine, uh, voted Newcastle the best large airport in the UK. Mm-hmm. Nats is also working with the Civil Aviation Authority and technology supplier AGI to develop a new and more robust method for determining the true visibility available to pilots of arriving aircraft. This could in turn help reduce the length of time that low visibility procedures would need to help 
to be in force. See, now this is a great story because, I mean, uh, so many of us have been delayed by flights due to poor weather and it's not actually because there's anything wrong with the runway. It's purely down to visibility while you get diverted to a different part of the country. I mean, that's that's brilliant, isn't it, really? Uh, it's... Uh, so I'm just amazed that it's taken again. Amazed taking so long to actually get get to so category three. So category one is um, what about um, like um, say Stansted? I mean, what category is 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 that runway? I've no I've no idea what uh, category that is. I'm just looking because it says on this obviously on the report that says that uh, Newcastle's category three now. Mm. I'm just looking uh, looking on the usual the uh, yeah. sites to find out. Uh, what they're saying about them on here? Um, yeah. It's a good. It's good as well on for a safety point of view as oh, well. Oh yeah, obviously, yeah. Um, for these for these things to be in place, um, it me- it measures atmospheric conditions, visual range. Anyway, right. uses uses uh, laser beams. Right. Yeah. Um, good to idea. determine measures and distances in bad weather. Yeah. Uh, this is good. Yeah, this is I good do. news, yeah. especially for uh, like we say for Newcastle Airport. Yeah. Well, weather, their weather is not brilliant. Let's be honest. No, no. The Newcastle it's, is at the, the top end of really of, of the yeah. UK. So the weather, weather there is um, yes, it's uh, almost almost as snowy as Scotland. <laughs> that's something we haven't had yet, and it's still really mild, isn't it? We've only know, had one just, frost though. Well, it's, uh, it's eleven degrees. The car was reporting as I came over this morning. So I mean, mm. yeah, bearing in mind it was sort of. Sort of, sort of ten, ten to eight when I sort of headed over this way. I mean, it's uh, not we're, bad, not bad for the virtually. Well, it's almost December. December, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. yeah, we're a couple of days away from December, so uh, yeah, good. Business Traveller, the next website, and it's Etihad and SAS sign code share deal. Ooh. What's this? Is this some kind Coach of conspiracy? It, no. <laughs> some kind of conspiracy? Are we into the enigma? Or no, 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 no. There is nothing. Code sharing for right. those uh, who who don't know. This is where a kind of a couple of airlines or two airlines will get together mm. and um, to improve on um, profitability or profits and and also utilization of routes. Right. They'll they'll join with another airline. <clears throat> right. And uh, a bit like what um, when we went to Dubai in. Last month, yeah, um, we flew out with Emirates, right, and our, all our flights were booked with Emirates, yeah. But we came home with Qantas oh. because Emirates have got a code share agreement with Qantas, and that's what a code. Oh, yeah, that's what. A, and right. uh, so on our on our flight home, yeah, it was uh, I forget the flight number EK. Um, it was e, I think it was EK zero zero four. Right, was our flight back from Dubai to Heathrow. Mm. But it was also called QF four, right? So when you looked at the departure board in the in the airport, mm. it, it would change from EK zero zero four to QF four to EK zero zero four. Depending on to what, QF, right. it would keep changing. Wow! To let because some people who people who brought tickets in in uh, Australia, yeah, through Qantas, yeah, would have and, and likewise would have that would, yeah. QF four on their ticket. Whereas we had EK zero zero four because we booked with Emirates. So that's what a code share is. Ah, well, do you know when? Every day's a school day. Oh, I know. Yeah. So anyway, Etihad and SAS have signed a co-chair agreement covering services to Abu Dhabi and a number of European routes. The deal, the deal, which is subject to regulatory approval, will see SAS place its SK code on on Etihad 
flights between Abu Dhabi and Brussels, Dusseldorf, Frankfurt, Rome, Milan, Zurich, Geneva and London Heathrow. Etihad or Etihad will place its EY code on SAS operated flights from these European destinations excluding Brussels onto SAS hubs in Copenhagen, Oslo and Stockholm. The EY code will also be placed on flights beyond Copenhagen to Billund and Als what's that word? <laughs> Elzen, right? Okay. Apologies to Christensand. Splendid. Apologies if you live anywhere near there. Uh, Beyond Oslo to said place again. Christensand and Tom. Oh dear, I'm going to have to not read that paragraph. I can't understand any of those words. The airline said that they are also developing a frequent flyer agreement to benefit members of the Etihad guests and SAS Eurobus bonus loyalty schemes. Kevin Knight, Etihad's. Chief Strategy Officer said that this co-chair agreement with SAS will improve flight connections to Stockholm, Oslo and Copenhagen, as well as a number of important secondary cities across Scandinavia, greatly enhancing travel options and connections to for air passengers and deepening our ties with Europe and European carriers. Partnerships like this one with SAS are central to Etihad's Airways strategy and we look forward to placing the SK code on our flights to and from Abu Dhabi and welcoming their passengers aboard our aircraft. Um, it's a interesting story, really. Is I mean, is, is this more commonplace than I think? Mm, yeah, a lot of airlines do coach. Yeah. Right. A lot of airlines, I, mean, I think pretty much all the big airlines right. co-chair with, with someone. Along the line, if you, if you, I think if you Google, you'll be able to find. Where. Right, but no, that is is a popular thing because it obviously, it, you know, if they can't fill the seats on, right, yeah, then they can fill it with with the other airlines. Oh, I see. So if if you find that you've only got half a plane, and then you know the other the other company's also only got half a plane, you can plane you can merge the two merge together. Merge two together, yeah. It's, right. So as long as long as the flight plan knows what's happening, that's 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 the end of the story, I guess. But it's good. It's good. It's, it's two big airlines as well. Etihad and SAS. Yeah. Especially Etihad, they're they're yeah, very yeah. popular. Very popular Emirates yeah. airline. Yeah. So next story Ooh. is on our ITV news site. This one. Ooh, local then. Local. Uh, Flybee are joining forces with Aer Lingus. Uh, Aer Lingus, you should know who Aer Lingus yes, are. Yes. Yes. Mm. Uh, so Flybeard has uh, signed a new co-chair agreement uh-huh. uh, with Dublin-based uh, airline Aer Lingus for flights from Southampton Airport. Cool. So Southampton Airport uh, are launching uh, new USA connections and Flybeard have signed a new co-chair agreement with Dublin-based airline Aer Lingus for flights from Southampton Airport. This enables Southampton passengers to access via a single stop in Dublin an even wider range of destinations across North America, including Boston, New York, San Francisco, Orlando, Chicago, and Toronto. Customers need to book their flight via the Aer Lingus website or through local travel agents, and with uh, just one airline ticket, they can enjoy seamless onward flights through Dublin. The added benefit is that Dublin Airport also provides U.S. customers pre-clearance, meaning that passengers arrive in the United States um, uh, domestic as a as a domestic passenger, and then can proceed straight through to arrivals at their destination by passing, uh, by bypassing sorry bypassing lengthy U.S. customs and immigration queues. Um, this is awesome. This is because this means now you can fly to the U.S. from Southampton Airport. Right. Um, obviously, you have to stop via Dublin. Okay. But um, 
it's becoming Southampton Airport's becoming really popular Is it? now. Yeah, I've I've never been there. I do no. intend on at some point next year. Yeah, doing um, we should do a whistle stop. Do tour. a whistle stop tour. Yeah. Of Southampton I'll drive the airport. bus. We'll go. We'll go. We'll go on a on a whistle stop tour of the UK's airports and 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 compare. How sad. <laughs> But Aer, Aer Lingus are kind of um, well, they're, they're the other Irish airline, right? As opposed to the one that begins with R, <laughs> the one you love talking about. <laughs> oh, you'll you'll like this next story, man. right? So this is Flight Global. Uh, if this website is from, and it's the what the the Nook, Nook, Scoot. Nook Scoot. The Nook Scoot reveals livery. So Thai long haul low cost carrier Nook Scoot. That's a bit of a mouthful for this time of the morning, isn't it? Blimey. Nook Scoot has unveiled it's the first Boeing 777-200 painted in its distinct livery. The white and yellow fuselage is similar to the 49% shareholder Scoot's livery on its own 777s, whilst the distinct Nook Scoot logo is featured on the tail fin. It also bears the uh, beak motif found on the on Nook Airs 737. Thanks for this story. I'm not finding this difficult in <laughs> any way. The Thai budget carrier also owns a 49% stake in Nook Scoot with the remaining 2% held by the company established by Nook's management. The design not only represents our spirit of adventure and exploration, but it also reflects who we are. Our fun, cheerfulness and friendliness will present both uh, in the air and on the ground and at all airports, says Nook Scoot's chief executive, a name I can't pronounce. Um, <laughs> Flight Global's Ascend Fleet's database shows that the Rolls-Royce Trent 884-powered aircraft was built in 2001 and was purchased earlier this year from Singapore Airlines. Nook Scoot's secured its air operator certificate on the 30th of November and plans to launch services to Japan during the first quarter of 2015. It is based at Bangkok Don Mayong Air International Airport. It's a very garish sort of it's a, it's look a pr- really. You wouldn't you wouldn't miss this if you were uh, no, um, no. if you were You wouldn't miss it from 30,000 feet no, to be fair. No. <laughs> it's kind it's kind of a uh, a hugely bright yellow yeah. um what would you say? A, a bird. It's like a it's beak, bird. isn't it's like it? A yeah, beak. It, it? Yeah, the the the, 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 the nose cone of the front of the plane has been made to look like a beak, basically, with a white band around the outside, and then but the rest is basically look like sort of feathers. Really, I mean, it's. Uh, I mean, it's, even, it's even very. The, it stands out. The cabin, even the cabin crew, they stand out with their uniforms. Yes, that but match, probably, match but probably not for the reasons of colouring. In your case, <laughs> <laughs> honestly. <laughs> but no, it's a, it's a pretty awesome design. Um, a lot, mm. a lot of airlines now have these wacky and and quite out there uh, artwork on their aircraft. Yeah, I mean, well, I it's really good. Just, it just tries to make it stand out a bit from when you you know when you uh, when you when you sort of land. I guess I mean you, you look out the window, the first thing you see, like even the airport, isn't it? Mm. You, you know, bright colours are always going to attract your attention. So if not, even if it just makes you think, oh, who's that? I mean, the advertising's already done its mm. job, isn't it? I mean, being the geek I am, mm-hmm. if I if if I hear an aircraft flying over here, yes. and I'll go out the back of the uh, house, I'll look up. And especially over here, nine times out of ten, it's Norwegian. And really, you, you can you can see the Norwegian 
um, air, you know, color because it's quite a distinct red, right? Uh, and white fuselage okay. in a certain you can spot them, you, you can see them on a clear day. Not today, not today. That's a bit actually, yeah, yeah cloudy. And I hope, rainy this, hope this is not too low, the cloud, otherwise, I won't be oh, flying this afternoon. Oh, right. Ooh, fingers crossed. So, moving on, then, Flight Global and uh, Frontier. Uh, orders the first A321. So US carrier Frontier Airlines is ordering nine Airbus A321s, its first agreement for the largest member of the single-aisle family. Frontier's decision takes to 89 the number of aircraft on its Airbus order backlog. The other 80 uh, comprise of re-engined A320 Neo jets. The airframer confirms the order but says that no engine selection has been made. Uh, the A321s are available with CFM International CFM56s or the International Aero Engines V2500s. Frontier Chief Executive David Seagal says the type is a natural fit for the airline and the carrier has not detailed a seating configuration for the aircraft. Now these 321s, Matt, uh, yeah. just so you know, um, you've flown with EasyJet. Yep, a few times. Yeah, yeah. Uh, EasyJet use a lot of 320s. Okay. The 321 is a stretched version right. um, of the 320. Still a single aisle, yeah. three seats each side, uh, but a slightly stretched version um, of, the, of the 320. Carries a few more people. Right. Now, if this was your aeroplane mm. and you just ordered one of these, out of those three engines, which one would you go for? So you've got the, eight, you've got, you've got the CFM International... Um, which are the CFM fifty six or the International Aero Engine? The V two five hundred. Which one? Um, uh, I mean, I should be asking Max Flight this from the yeah. Airplane Geeks because yeah. uh, Max is is um, he's the engine guy. He knows right. he, he used to work for um, for an engine company. Yeah. Um, but with my knowledge of engine, aircraft engines, which mm. I've, I've grew up with over the years, mm. the one that stands out, which is the most popular engine, mm. um, very popular, is the CFM International CFM fifty six, right? Which has powered a lot of uh, Boeing aircraft um, right. over the years. So it's a jet engine, mm. yeah. Mm. Okay, um, but yeah, very popular, popular engine right. that one. But no, that's good news then for Airbus and obviously Frontier as well. Frontier also have quite a nice design on their aircraft as oh, well. Oh, do they? Yeah. yeah. yeah what, does it, what does theirs look like? It's kind of like a bluish sort of uh, design. I'm just trying to uh, look at it on Wikipedia. Mm. Um, but Frontier, Frontier has got the, I think it's got the line. Here we go. <laughs> He's looking. He's, He's googling frantically at looking. <laughs> Other search engines are available, obviously. <laughs> yes, there we go. Yeah, they have. Um, they've got like the Frontier logo right across the fuselage of the aircraft. But what yeah. I was what I was thinking was, it's a bit like Norwegian, who have the artwork on the tails. Right. They have like a Norwegian have pictures of um, famous um, Norwegian sort of explorers and stuff on their tails. Oh. Frontier have uh, some pretty awesome um, tail. Logos of mm. uh, actual animals like wolves um, and um, all sort of hares and bunnies and stuff in in, <laughs> in winter scenes. Oh, <laughs> um, but you'll have to Google it because yeah. some of their tile art is the, the tile art is really good. Worth a look it's if you're into so that sort good. of thing. Yeah. On to our next story. Then we're still with Flight Global and uh, Leon Air is to order 40 additional ATR 72-600. So Indonesia's, Indonesia's Leon Air will place an order for 40 additional ATR 72-600 turboprops. 
A source close to the airline confirmed to Flight Global that the deal, valued at around $1 billion, will be signed today. Flight Global earlier reported that the agreement is expected to be signed at the Italian Prime Minister's official residence. No further details about the deal were disclosed. The additional turboprops are likely to be operated um, Milando Air, Thai Lion Air and Wings Air. Flight Global's Ascent de- Fleet... I'd like to start again, sorry. <laughs> it's a bit of a mouthful, isn't it? <laughs> yes, a Flight Global's Ascend Fleet's database shows the three carriers operate 42 ATR-72s between them. Prior to today's order, order um, which was, I think, was it Friday, this, this date? Yes, yeah, fairly right, new. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so prior to today's order, Leon had 18 ATR-72-600s in its backlog. So now this, uh, this is a popular aircraft again, the ATR-72, mm. really yeah. popular. Um, first flew in 1988. Gosh, um, so it's been about for a while. It's been about for a while. Yeah. Got, uh, it's a twin prop, yeah. and um, it's it's very pop. Flyby. Um, R- roughly, got, how, many, how many seats does it hold? It depends on what size. Yeah. The 600 series, which um, which you're talking about yeah. here, um, has... I'm just reading through here on yeah. the database. Has, I, guess, I, guess, I guess it depends on configuration again, doesn't it? What they decide to to, to, to put in it. Uh, here we go. Specifications. There's been, there's been a few different variants of the yeah. aircraft. Um, there's been the 100, 200, 210, the 500, and mm. the 600 version. Uh, has a crew of two, right? And has a passenger. Oh dear, trying to find it here. This is terrible. <laughs> We're doing so poorly this week. Aren't we? <laughs> it's because I keep asking random questions I that I haven't briefed you on. So I it's know. hardly fair, is it? <laughs> it's the joys of being the exec producer. <laughs> oh yes, sixty-eight passengers in one right. class. Gosh, yeah. so they really are quite. They're they're sort of. You know, not not tiny. No, no, no. Mm. Um, but they are very popular aircraft. Are very popular. Powered by Pratt and Whitney Canada turboprops. Right. Um, those ones. But uh, the six hundred series being being the the newer version. Um, that was released in two thousand seven. Mm. Um, but they do have uh, a unit cost of $24.7 million uh, each. Gosh. And and on that note, actually, with our next story still with Flight Global, um, someone else has also taken on a, seri- a, a similar similar delivery, basically. Yes, another another one for ATR. Yeah. So uh, Bangkok Airways have taken delivery of their first ATR 72-600 series. Uh, they received the first of nine uh, ATR 72600s in Toulouse on the 26th of November, so it's only a few days ago. The Thai boutique carrier plans to uh, sell their five ATR 72500s uh, when they complete their uh, renewal program with the new 600 model. The incoming 72-seat turboprops will progressively replace uh, there are existing uh, eight um, ATR 72500s, of which three are leased. Uh, they plan to operate a total of nine 600s in their fleet, and the first unit is uh, additional, while the next eight deliveries will replace the 500 series, says Bank, uh, Bangkok Airways President Putipong Prastong Ozov. <laughs> yeah, I've got that up on this time. Um, <laughs> The revenge, airlines' revenge is very sweet. I know, thank you. <laughs> the airlines' ATR seventy two five hundreds comprise uh, seven built between two thousand one and two thousand four, and one manufactured in two thousand eight. 
They plan to return the leased aircraft uh, uh, upon lease expiry, while we'll see the remaining five units, says Putipong. The youngest ATR-72-500 will leave the fleet in 2017. The delivery of the 600 series is a continuation of the 20-year relationship between the carrier and the manufacturer since 1994. Bangkok Airways have operated uh, the 200 series, the 210 and the 500 series and will now operate uh, the 600 model. The first ATR-72-600 MSN-1194 will be financed under a 12-year ECA guaranteed loan fronted by SACE and Coface jointly arranged by HSBC and the French Bank Credit Agricole Corporate and Investment Bank. HSBC uh, is to finance a total of four deliveries, including the first, while Credit Agricole COB is mandated for the second and fourth examples of the type. The airline also operates 10 Airbus A319s, 8 A320s, and Flight Global's Ascend Fleets database, uh, shows that information, so that's good. That's good. More for ATR. Yeah, um, sort of haven't had having a good week by the look of it. It just goes to show that all these the amount of airlines that have uh, recently mm. been buying, know, planes. buying, air, ordering yeah. aircraft, and buying aircraft. Mm. I mean, Farnborough saw record numbers of orders this year. Really, at the air show for airlines and different aircraft, not just Airbus, but Boeing yeah. and ATR and Embraer as well. Yeah. Another popular one. So uh, it's. I mean, you know, we're in a res- we're supposed to be well. We're coming out of a recession, yeah, I think, aren't crossed. we? But uh, fingers crossed. But it's good news. It means we all get to fly new shiny aircraft. <laughs> <laughs> what are you like? Anyway, that's the end of the news segment. For this particular thing, I think it's uh, being very British. I think it's time for tea, don't you? Carl? Yes, I think it's time to have a cup of tea, Rosie Lee. Oh. Yes. <laughs> So we will. We'll leave that uh, segment in for this week, and we're going to come back to you after this. Aviation media has long been the domain of the newspapers and magazines. Well, not anymore. I'm Steve Fisher. And I'm Grant McCarran, and we're bringing aviation right into your radio. Yes, we're making aviation cool and interesting for everyone. Hang on. Aviation's always been cool. Check this out. How cool is this? Crash, crash, turn that down. Here at Plane Crazy Down Under, we've got pilots, engineers, air traffic controllers, industry leaders, even politicians dropping by to talk to us about the amazing world of aviation right here in Australia and occasionally in New Zealand as well. Wow, that's cooler than I thought, mate. Find us at planecrazydownunder.com, on iTunes, or lurking about on other people's podcasts just like this one. We've got crazy accents and lots of great aviation content. And we promise not to talk about the cricket. No, never. Not the cricket. Quack, 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 quack. <laughs> what is cricket anyhow? Something we win a lot. Oh, there oh. we <laughs> Don't forget, you too can contact the show and leave your messages for Simon and Carlos. Contact them via their website at www.plaintalkinguk.com or email them at plaintalkinguk at hotmail.com. Send them your messages. They really want to hear from you. Yes, we do really want to hear from you. Yeah, it's lonely here. It's lonely here at the <laughs> studio. Yeah, no, no, it's never lonely with you here, Mr. No, thank you. Thank you. Uh, so we're going to do our military news segment next. Uh, we've got uh, a few stories to get through uh, for this week on the military segment. So uh, if you're ready to go, Mr. Smith. Primed and ready. Let's go. 
So with the military aviation news, would you like to take the first story, man? Certainly, yes. Okay, we'll do. Our first story is uh, involving Japan. This is from Flight Global again. And uh, Japan, 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 that's a good start, isn't it? (laughs) And that's despite having a caffeine intake moments ago. Japan will purchase 17 V-22 off Offspray, oh, no, Osprey, sorry, uh, tilt rotors. Now, I'd not heard of this aircraft until now. and uh, Carlos, we, we were talking about these yeah, just before yeah. we started. Yeah. I just Googled it. I've never seen anything. If you haven't had a look, these are amazing creatures. These amazing creatures. We'll, uh, we'll cover that uh, at, uh, at the end. But uh, Japan has announced uh, plans to purchase a fleet of Bell Boeing V-22 Osprey tilt rotors and has included funding for the aircraft in its 2015 defence budget. The budget document document recently posted on the Japanese Military of Defence's website says source selection is underway for acquisition of tilt ro- of a tilt rotor but does not specify the Osprey. Included in the document are generic renderings of an aircraft that resembles the V-22 which can take off and land like a helicopter and fly like a plane. And this is the bit that was completely blowing my mind earlier. I, just, I, can't, I can't imagine the two being sort of merged together as one craft. Boeing spokeswoman uh, Caroline Hutchins confirmed that Japan is buying the V-22 which it builds the aircraft in partnership with Bell Helicopter. The Bell Boeing team is honoured the Japanese Military of Defence has selected the V-22 Osprey to support its operational requirements and will continue to work with the US government on the foreign, foreign military sale. It also does not spell out how many examples Japan will buy, but Bell Helicopter Chief Executive John Garrison said Japan had already budgeted for 17 of the V-22s as part of a long-term spending plan. Industry sources confirm the deal is for 17 of this particular type. The Japan MOD website says the fleet is being formed with a view to enhance unit deployment capabilities in amphibious operations. The tilt rotors will complement and strengthen the capabilities of transport helicopters in terms of cruising speed and range, it says. The orders will be uh, a boon to Bell Boeing, which is under pressure to keep sales up after 2015 and could lose a deal to sell six V-22s to Israel. Earlier in November, Israeli sources told Flight Global that the recent conflict in Gaza inflated demand for ground systems over aircraft and put, uh, put overall strain on budgets for large acquisition programs. The situation could lead to the postponement of this deal if it's not cancelled outright altogether this source has said so as i say this this amazing looking Mm. aircraft i I mean it's the the the, i don't know it's kind of like it's like a prop engine isn't it but but you can move it yes (laughs) the 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 wings uh, or the engines rotate on the on the edge of the wing on the end of the wings the actual engines and that um the um the just to give you an idea the rotor diameter yeah the actual rotor blade diameter is 38 feet Which is pretty stunning, um, and the aircraft itself uh, has a capacity to hold twenty-four troops seated or thirty-two troops uh, floor-loaded. Um, it uh, has a maximum takeoff weight of sixty and a half thousand pounds, which Gosh. is twenty-seven um, and a half thousand kilos, and it's powered by Rolls-Royce. Right, good engines, yeah. uh, uh, ter- uh, Liberty turboshaft engines. Um, but no, like like you said, it is. I, mean, I, I, I had the the very lucky opportunity or mm. the chance, and I took the chance 
with my father in mm. Farnborough in 2012. Right. And they had one of these at Farnborough in 2012, cool. and we, they took us on board. Um, wow. A, it was a reasonably new one as well. And had a look on inside the aircraft, mm. and uh, it's amazing, Matt. Yeah. Obviously, see that it's that it is such a stunning aircraft to yeah. see. Um, and the cockpit is all uh, all lovely glass um, display. Really? Uh, yeah. There's no. There's hardly any steam. The old steam gauges, as we call right. them, in there. Um, but no, it's, uh, it's it's good news at the aircraft. Uh, it's, just, it's it's the it's the mechanical thing. Mm. How on earth they put together this this uh, this hi- it's a hybrid essentially, isn't it? I mean, it's sort of a cross between a helicopter and an aeroplane. I mean, it's just it, I, it I can't fir- imagine. First flew in 1989. Again, so it's got it's, it's been about it's a bit like the sort of Harrier, mind you. The Harrier was sort of 60s, wasn't it? I yeah. think, yeah. But uh, um, has a unit cost of sixty nine million dollars. Right. Yes. Yeah, uh, that's why they're only ordering Each. a few then. <laughs> um, but there's been two hundred plus built as of this year of these aircraft. Yeah. So more popular than we think. Yeah. But yeah. it's. I hope that you have to keep your eyes open. Yeah. Um, because you might um, you might see one of these flying. But like yeah. I said to to Matt earlier, you can't miss uh, or miss or see. You can't miss them. Obviously, yeah. see them because they're uh, quite yeah. a stunning yeah. aircraft. But you can hear the the really of the yeah the is is brilliant. So next story then, moving on, Flight Global, uh, New Zealand to introduce civil UAV regulations. Uh, so uh, UAVs, we talked about on the last episode, if you remember, mm. the unmanned aerial vehicles yes, yes. or drones, drones as they're sometimes yes. called. Um, New Zealand's Civil Aviation Authority uh, are planning to issue a notice of proposed rulemaking on the 4th of December which is uh, this coming week, isn't it? Yep. Uh, to establish regulations covering the use of unmanned aerial vehicles. In a statement, the CAA uh, said that the current regulations on UAVs were designed for model aircraft. However, as many vehicles have advanced performance characteristics, this opens up uh, additional risks. To date this year, there have been 15 incidents involving UAVs in New Zealand uh, reported to the CAA, up from 12 the year prior. While it did not provide many details on the proposed regulations, the CAA adds that the operations of high-risk UAVs will likely require certification. The regulations have been drafted in cooperation with the industry group UAVNZ or UAV New Zealand and government technology body Callaghan Innovation and will be open for public comment until the 30th of January 2015. We want to make sure the new rules do not impose an an undue regulatory burden on operators and we will seek feedback on this and other aspects during the consultation period, says the CAA's General Manager, General Aviation, Steve Moore. Uh, We want to make sure that recreational users can still operate in a low-risk environment and will modify the existing rules so they can continue to do this where appropriate. Mm. So some rules, the rules are coming in then slowly. Yeah. Uh, for Probably UAVs. not before time, is it really? It's uh, be interesting to see what rules they bring out for that. Yeah. But that's in New Zealand, though. Yeah, that's so it'll be a while before we get anywhere near it, I think. Mm. But um, as this, well as we as we were covering last time, I mean, they're gonna they've got to do something about it before mm. something catastrophic happens. But they are they're here, they are popular, and yeah. they are in use a lot now. But I mean, uh, a very good friend of mine, he he's got a little he's got a little um, um, drone that he was flying again. He, you know, he control it with his eye. You can look at the camera and everything with it all on oh, his wow. eye. <laughs> iPad type, iPhone, sorry, or iPad, and he got to, um, and he lost it, 
gust of wind flew away and he still mm. hasn't found it it's somewhere in Bungie somewhere yeah. but nobody's actually successfully found it but I mean it kind of proves the point if it sort of goes out of range just a large gust of wind took it and then suddenly it was out of range and that was it you know and, he, and, he's, and he's still been looking for it and still hasn't found it you know and that's been weeks now so either someone did find it and bought themselves a new controller or, <laughs> <laughs> or whatever but uh, yeah no it's um yeah it's they've got to do something about it i mm. think it's uh, they they need to shorten the range or, or something so they as i say when we were covering last time they're going up you know getting up as high as, as actual aircraft mm. yeah, yeah yeah it's it's not good it's not good as you say because if it goes through the engine or jet engine it'd be no different to a bird strike mm. it? i mean it, no, it could worse. be catastrophic mm. Yeah. So, Flight Global with our next story again, and it's the F-35B makes first flight in uh, with UK weapons. A UK test team has completed an initial series of handling flights of a Lockheed Martin F-35B Lightning II, carrying trial rounds of the Raython Systems Paveway uh, for Precision Guided Bomb and the MBDA A. As as <laughs> what on earth are you trying to do to me? Where as, are Asram, it's called Asram air to air missile. That's it. Um, an undisclosed number of flights were conducted with the weapons from the U.S. Navy's um, uh, test center in Maryland. The Ministry of Defense says these initial tests are as an important step in integrating weapons onto the F-35B, allowing test pilots to understand how they affect the way the aircraft performs and handles it added. The MOD on the 24th of November confirmed it has ordered its first four production examples of the short takeoff and vertical landing F-35Bs with the aircraft to be part of the US program's eighth lot of low-rate initial production. Lockheed, on the 21st of November, announced that it completed negotiations with the U.S. Department of Defense for the 43 aircraft deal, which is worth something in the region of $4.7 billion without the types Pratt um, and Whitney F-135 engines included. The U.S. Armed Forces will take uh, 29 of the aircraft with a remainder to go to the U.K., Israel, Italy, Japan and Norway. The contract for the F-35B aircraft forms part of the MOD's investment in Lightning IIs over the next five years to procure an initial 14 of these multi-role 5th generation aircraft, as well as putting in place the necessary support arrangements and infrastructure, the UK has said. Further contracts will cover the procurement of a range of equipment such as engines. Once delivered, the UK's F-35s will be based at RAF Marham in Norfolk. Three B-model aircraft are already being used in the USA to support, uh, in support of initial operational test and evaluation of the JSF, with a fourth uh, to be delivered during 2015. Now they're quite a stunning-looking military they are aircraft. Awesome, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. We've, we've covered these quite a bit on the show, and um, they're, they're kind of a, they're kind of a if you. Can, to, to, to liken them to something from this country from the past, they're, they're kind of a Harrier, a, a very right. posh new Harrier, because they vertical take off and landing. Do they? Yes, they do. About time. Yeah. I still, I still to this day don't really understand why the Harrier came out of service when they didn't have no. anything. To, it's, the same, it's the same as Concorde. I mm. never really understood why they took out. I mean, I know it was an old plane, and you know there there were big, 
issues were appearing. It was cost, though. Yeah. All down to cost. Yeah. yeah. But you, you'd thought in this day and age, you, you know, you'd take that plane out of service when it had been superseded by something, something else. Something else, yes. You know, but uh, and same with the Harrier. I mean, they took it out of service because of, you know, a couple of hiccups. But the Spanish operate the Harriers now. Do the, they? Yeah, yeah, the Spanish Air Force, yeah. they, uh, they operate the Harrier. Yeah. They had one at uh, Farnborough this year cool. doing a display. I love the Harrier. I love awesome. the Harrier. Yeah. Um, but no, the F thirty five, like uh, yeah. like we're saying, awesome looking aircraft, mm. and uh, will set you back one hundred and forty two million dollars. Oh right, cheap then, uh, fairly cheap, yeah. Um, but no, awesome, awesome aircraft. Right, so moving on uh, to our next story, then flight global again. Uh, Predator B demonstrates ability to automatically avoid air traffic. Mm-hmm. So back onto UAVs again, and yeah. um, General, Auto- uh, General Atomics Aeronautical Systems has come up or come a step closer to developing a uh, viable sense and avoid system for unmanned aerial vehicles. A major requirement for UAVs to share the US national airspace with manned aircraft, uh, GA have recently announced it's tested a proof of concept. Uh, system in partnership with the Federal Aviation Administration and Honeywell. It was the first successful test of the FAA's airborne collision avoidance system for unmanned aircraft. The company has also completed the first flight tests of a prototype aircraft or air-to-air radar called uh, Due Regard Radar or DRR that enables UAVs to detect and avoid other aircraft in flight and is the first of its kind designed specifically for a remote pilot, remotely piloted aircraft. Our latest uh, sense and avoid test represents a major step forward for integrating RPA safety into a domestic and international airspace, Frank Pace, president of aircraft systems at GAASI, says in a statement. Our proof of concept uh, SAA system is now functional and ready for extensive flight testing with the FAA and NASA and our industry partners. Eventually, GA plans to clear uh, the due regard radar for routine operation in segregated civilian airspace over the US and abroad. Since 2001, the company has integrated automatic and dependent surveillance broadcast ADSB system uh, that augments radar tracking to provide pilots with advanced positioning data through uh, general aviation uh, um, with aircraft uh, that carry ADSB uh, aboard uh, a Guardian AUAV. It's also flight tested a prototype DRR aboard a Twin Otter aircraft as well. The DRR has also uh, been flight tested over Southern California aboard a Beechcraft Air uh, where it attempted to detect and track multiple test aircraft including uh, general aviation aircraft beyond 10 miles. That test campaign opened the door for testing and the system aboard a Predator B, the company says. This is good news then. So so the safety is moving on with the UAVs. Now, now, this is more aimed not so much at the U- UAVs like that the civilians are flying. This is presumably aimed more yeah, at the, sort of military. Military sort of. Yeah, yeah so yeah. it will avoid other aircraft if it's in space, at, which makes perfect sense, really. At the moment, um, most aircraft that you fly on, yeah. you know, the passenger aircraft and stuff, have a thing called TCAS. Right. Uh, which is a traffic collision avoidance system. Right. And pretty much of them all big passenger aircraft now mm. all over the world are fit with TCAS mm. and should an aircraft fly towards another one or right. come within a certain range of another aircraft TCAS alerts both pilots of both aircraft yes. or the pilots and tells them to take 
um, uh, either up or down, up or down, or, or whichever, decisions, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and tells them which way to go. And right. the pilot then obviously does what reacts accordingly. Yeah. So this is a kind of similar thing then that they're going to have with UAV for the drone, for yeah. the drone, so that they can uh, obviously stay away from uh, civilian. I mean, they're aircraft. definitely a brilliant idea, drones. I mean, it's especially nowadays when you have got the ability to sort of fly these things around the world without mm. actually having to go and you know put a person in it. I mean, it helps sort of minimise. Have you seen the the Amazon? The idea Amazon uh, of trial. Oh yes, for the, this is for delivering the parcels. Delivering parcels. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, my my my, sis, my sister's given me some some Amazon vouchers for my birthday, and it's uh, it's one of those uh, it's one of those things. That I was sort of thinking that'd be great if they you know order order a you know I don't know a memory card or something, and it gets delivered by um, drone by drone. You know, <laughs> I can just imagine it hovering by the front door and knocking. knocking. You know? Ding dong. <laughs> oh, the, someone at the door, you, mother. Yes, your delivery. Your drone is here. <laughs> Splendid! Would you be, I'd be. Uh, I'd, I want to sort of grab it. <laughs> yeah, take it inside. Yeah, mine, mine. Yes, no. yes. Send I, me the remote. <laughs> I ordered. I ordered a memory card, but uh, yes, I got something much better. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. You can keep the memory card. I'll send it back. <laughs> Yes. One to one. Next story, uh, flight global again, and uh, this involves a picture actually, and it's one of the first of the new Airbus helicopters, the EC six four five T two. Now, Airbus helicopters have uh, performed has performed it the maiden flight of the EC six four five T two military unit rotorcraft at its facility in Dunworth in Germany in front of representatives of the nation's armed forces. Berlin has a, an existing order for 15 of the 3.7-tonne helicopters to be used by its Air Force for commando operations. Deliveries are scheduled to commence in 2015. The first flight is a milestone in the EC-645T2 programme, uh, and we're thrilled to be able to celebrate this event with our customer, the Airframer has said. The type of uh, this particular military variant of the is basically of the civil EC-145T2, which gained certification earlier this year and was delivered to its launch customer in late July. Upgrades over the previous model include a reshaped lightweight tail boom, a new Helonix avionics suite, upgraded turbo mecha aerial 2E engines, and enclosed tail rotor the royal thai navy is the only other customer for the ec645 t2 with a commitment place um, placed in october for five of these particular helicopters and they're not the prettiest looking things are they <laughs> i think it's safe to say uh, they, they, they look very similar to the eurocopter actually don't they yeah, they are, that is that is EC is Eurocopter. Oh, yes, oh see, oh, there's hope yeah. for me yet. Then I know <laughs> you're you're learning. You're yes, learning. absolutely, this is a learning know. process for you. Yeah, man. it's it's the tail, isn't it? Because because yeah. that's the only that's the only helicopter I've seen with like the enclosed um, little rotor on the end. Um, but um, it's not it's not the prettiest looking aircraft. I'm sure it's very functional and very agile. But uh, well, you there'll, there'll be, there's one service um, that uh, that that have used the Eurocopter as well as the mm. uh, the air ambulance as well. They, yeah. the air ambulance actually the East Anglian air ambulance uses the Eurocopter EC one three yeah. uh, one four five. Sorry. Oh, hello. Can can I help you? you go. <laughs> What the heck was that? that? That was that was actually on a website. I just went on. Right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, that's a, a musical interlude in, in an otherwise voice-based program. This is something. This is something actually that uh, that Captain Jeff had brought up on the airline pilot guy podcast because yeah. he he was talking about times that uh, when he's doing a show and yeah. he, pretty, you know, he brings up a, a web page yeah. and you get some blooming advert. Yes, how that rude. comes up. Yes. But anyway, getting back. Yes, sorry. Uh, getting focus, back to focus show. on the task. Yes, yes. focus on the task. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, the air ambulance uses the yeah. Eurocopter, um, and uh, we see those flying over here quite yes, a bit. Yeah, yeah. And they were also at Seething Air Show this year yeah. as well. Oh, were they? Mm. Oh, cool. Yeah. But, uh, uh, as I say, I saw one in Lowestoft Churchyard recently, but that, uh, we, we covered that when I was here before. Uh, we did. Yeah. Next story then, Flight Global uh, again. And uh, the USAF uh, toasts whiskey designation for CRH fleet. Mm. The US Air Force has settled on the HH-60W, or whiskey, designation for its future fleet of Sikorsky UH-60M Blackhawk-derived combat rescue helicopters. Some five years before it will start taking delivery of the the, uh, new type, uh, they've announced on the 24th of November... The step will lead to the 60 Whiskey replacing the Air Force's current fleet of HH-60G Pavehawks in performing the personal or personnel recovery role. Um, these entered use uh, from 1992. Uh, the official name of the HH-60W uh, will be uh, determined at a later date, says the USAF, which will eventually operate a fleet of up to 112 of the new rotorcraft under a June 2014 deal worth a potential $7.9 billion. Wow. Uh, the aircraft will feature increased internal fuel capability uh, compared with today's HH-60G helicopter, thereby giving the HH-60W the required range. While increasing its internal cabin space, the Air Force says, uh, using a tested platform ready in production and integrating features currently in use on other aircraft will help control risk, it adds. A system requirements review for the CRH program is due to be conducted during fiscal year 2015, with first deliveries of the aircraft due uh, to be made in the fiscal year of 2019. Flight Global's Ascend Fleet's database records the USAF as having a current f- active fleet of 91 HH-60G Pavehawks. Um, this is a, a helicopter, uh, Matt, that uh, if you've seen the film Black Hawk Down. Yes. Yes, that's, that's, that's the yeah. one. Yes. They're the helicopters. And this is of the, This is a new, newer version that right. will be released in a few. Or it's a very industrial-looking aircraft, do you know what I mean? It's, it's an awesome. Yeah, it's yeah. a very, it's, it's kind of like, uh, some, some of the guys say it's kind of like a, a tank of the skies. You know, really? It's, it's built uh, reasonably well. Yeah, yes. Actually, well, given, given what it's probably going to be doing, it's uh, saving lives just, as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the last piece of news then um, is uh, a really awesome piece of news, and hopefully we've been talking about this earlier. Hopefully um, Matt will be able to join us um, next year at this air show. So I'll do my very best. And it is the it's uh, from the Royal Air Force website, so it's official news. And uh, this particular um, story involves the air tattoo for. Uh, for um, next year. Royal, or RIAT, as we like to call Riat. it. RIAT. RIAT. Royal International Air Tattoo. Oh, I see. Right. Oh, see. 
Do you know the the acronym suddenly makes sense? Yes, it's, 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 it really is a school day today, isn't See, it? Farnborough is much easier. You just say yeah, Farnborough, Farnborough or yes, a yeah. co- or Cosford <laughs> Air Show. Yeah. So Riat is uh, well Royal International Air Tattoo. Right, it's quite a mouthful. It is indeed. Yes, it, it is. And and uh, at the Riat, uh, they're announcing that a special commer- commemorative fly pass marking the 75th anniversary of the Battle of Britain will be amongst the highlights of next summer's Royal International Air Tattoo at RAF Fairford. The details were announced uh, as specially priced tickets for the three-day air show, which takes place on July the 17th to the 19th, went sale went on sale for a limited period. I assume you weren't successful. <laughs> no, we, we, well, hopefully, <laughs> fingers crossed this year, because last year yeah. um, we have... Uh, or last year, sorry, oh, this no, this year, sorry, this year we had um, media accreditation for the right, show, yeah, um, which was really great. It's really nice of the, the guys at yeah. uh, at, at the you know uh, at Riyadh, yeah, and they gave us passes for the day, which cool. uh, included us getting in, obviously, um, yeah, free of charge, yeah, good. Well, uh, is... But we plugged, we obviously plugged the air show quite a bit yeah, on the uh, on the quite on the right. show, yeah. and yeah, that we we had media accreditation for the two days, the right. Saturday and the Sunday, lovely. Um, because you need that, yeah. Uh, it's huge, big, big site. Yeah. Um, but we also that's that uh, at Riyadh this year was yeah. where we interviewed um, uh, Red Arrows. Ah, uh, yes. Now I remember the interview. There. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't realise it was the air tattoo. Yeah, yeah. 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 But there's there's loads of stuff there. Um, it's really yeah. good, really good show. Yeah. So great news uh, is that the super early bird admission tickets priced at twenty six pounds for the Friday, and the thirty six pounds for the Saturday and Sunday are available until January the thirty first, twenty fifteen. The prices represent a saving of more than twenty percent off the cost of a standard admission ticket. Next summer's air show will focus on aircraft from around the world whose primary role is to protect their nation's skies, whether in support of combat missions, intelligence gathering, providing an aircraft capability, or delivering humanitarian aid. Themed Securing the Skies Past, Present and Future, the air show will look to feature legendary aircraft such as the Spitfire and Hurricane that proved so effective during World War II, operational aircraft such as the RAF Tornado, currently in action over Iraq, and the RAF Typhoon, which remain on 24-hour standby in the UK and were scrambled recently to intercept Russian bombers. The air tattoo also hopes uh, that the futuristic Lockheed Martin F-35 Lightning II, which we were talking about earlier, um, which is due to take part in the 2014 air show, will make its much-heralded European display debut at RAF Fairford next summer. Air tattoo chief executive Andy Armstrong said that with so much instability in the world, it is an ideal time to turn the spotlight on the important role air power has played and continues to play in making Britain and our allies around the world feel much safer. He added, already the response from the international air arms has been extremely positive and we'll be looking to build on last summer's hugely successful event Mm. with ticket prices starting at £26 and all under 16s enjoying free admission. Gosh, that's good these days. Mm. That is under 16. For for what you get there, that that is so cheap. Yeah, yeah, I bet. Anyway, the air tattoo continues to offer extraordinary value for money. Uh, The Royal Air International Air Tattoo is staged annually at RAF Fairford. Uh, 
in support of the RAF Charitable Trust to purchase super early bird admission tickets and to view enclosure options visit airtattoo.com so that's www.airtattoo.com all under 16s go free and there is of course free parking oh, yeah, so if yeah. you can make if there's if, you, if there's only one air show you can make this year then i'd strongly yeah, recommend yeah. it be the air tattoo and i'm very much looking forward to going this it's, year it's or so next much year, there so. there's so much yeah, there there really wait. is can't wait. Well, that's the end of the news then, yes, Mr. Carlos. That's all. That's all we've got to uh, to bring you this week, Splendid. haven't we? Uh, there's not much air show news to talk because obviously the air show season's yes. finished. Yeah. Um, but we will uh, later on next year, yeah. obviously, bring you more details on mm-hmm. what air shows are happening yeah. around uh, the UK. Yeah. But uh, as I say, de- details have already been released for next year's air tattoos. So yes, yeah, definitely. Yeah, as we've just covered. So it's awesome. Yeah, good news. So have you enjoyed yourself then? I Matt? have indeed. Apologies that for being a little bit raspy and nasally. <laughs> I am full of cold. He's full it? of cold. We've had to stop a couple of times for me to just blow my nose. <laughs> oh, poor, poor Matt, poor Matt. <laughs> but you're you're, you're muddle on. Yep. But um, there is also um, something that I have to announce on the show today mm. as well. And uh, it is regarding Matt Smith, who's sitting across the uh, table here in the kitchen studio. <laughs> And that uh, today is actually Matt's birthday. Yes, uh, he's uh, he's he's come in yes. on his birthday. I'm, I'm 138 years old today. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, on behalf of uh, of uh, me uh, uh, at the uh, Plain Talking UK podcast, uh, happy birthday! Thank you very Matt. much. Yes, 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 yes. I intend to get very drunk later. Yes. Yeah, good, good man. <laughs> I'm working this evening. Are you? Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to that. Not. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes, I, I know. It's the job I enjoy, but yes, uh, yeah. yeah. But no, happy birthday, Matt! Thank you. Uh, thanks for coming in. My pleasure. And uh, I'm sure we'll uh, we'll get some uh, some people shouting "Happy birthday, Matt!" <laughs> while Ran- the, randoms in the while street, they're yeah. listening uh, while they're yeah. listening to the podcast. Cool. I hope. Yeah, excellent. So we are going to bring then uh, the episode to a close. Just before we go, just reminding you again of the competition we're running. Um, you can find the details on our Facebook page if you go to our Facebook site. Uh, Plain Talking UK podcast, you'll see the questions on there and uh, you can find out all the information on there and send us your answers to win those t-shirts and calendars. And what were the questions again? And the questions, just uh, so you all know, the question uh, number one uh, was what date was the first official display of the Red Arrows? And question number two uh, was what date was the first flight of the Lockheed L-1011 TriStar? So that's what date was the first official display of the Red Arrows? And the second question was what date was the first flight of the Lockheed L-1011 TriStar? Okay, so don't forget then to send your answers into uh, either via our website, which is plaintalkinguk.com. Is that correct? That's yes. right, yes. Yeah, and then, as I say, the link's on there also to send us an email, so make sure you get in touch and uh, let and uh, get those entries in. A fantastic calendar and or T-shirt are up for grabs. Grabs, yes, and we're going to re- uh, re- uh, bring you the winner, or uh, announce the winners on our Christmas, Christmas show. Yes, yes. And we'll try and get as many people in the studio as possible for that uh, particular yes for that particular event yes, cramming yes. a christmas special if we can yes we might even sing you a carol if you behave yourselves oh. <laughs> or not <laughs> 
And on that note, it's time to end. It's time to end. So we're going to bring episode number 39 of the Plain Talking UK podcast to a close. Thanks again, Matt, for joining me this week. My pleasure. My pleasure. Uh, Lovely to have you in the studio. And uh, we're going to come back to you next week with another show, episode 40. Ooh, four ooh, zero. Nearly, nearly blimey, my age. Blimey, blimey. Excellent. <laughs> um, so, yeah, don't forget to uh, follow us, like I said. Uh, look for us on uh, Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. We're on Twitter as well. You can follow us on Twitter. We've got loads of new followers on there this week. It's been really good. And, uh, yeah, send us your reviews. Don't forget when you're downloading the show on iTunes as well, if you download the show via iTunes, please, please, please do give us a little review. Yep. Um, just tell us uh, what what you want to hear, or how we're doing, or what you, uh, yeah. if you if you like us or, or don't, don't like us. And if there's anything that we're not covering that you want that you want want to be covered, make sure you mm. also get in touch yeah. to say feedback is good, good or bad feedback. Is, it's how we make the show better than yeah. better than ever. So make make sure you get in touch and tell us what you want to hear. 2015 also is going to bring us uh, some really great interviews. We've got some uh, really good people lined up for some. Uh, interviews on the show for next year one of which uh which we're in talks with at the moment uh with is the uh chief test pilot for the concord which will be good to get on the show which we're very much looking forward to be good yeah Yeah. Uh, and that's about it we're i'm having a lesson at uh, two o'clock this afternoon flying lesson and uh, you're going to go home now and have a have a snooze, aren't you? I am going to have a nap. Yeah, yes. yes, good. <laughs> well, thanks. Ready for today. <laughs> yes. Oh. Well, thanks for listening to the show this week, and don't forget to join us next week for another show. Uh, so, from me, Carlos, it's a slightly overcast. Hope I get a flying lesson this afternoon. <laughs> goodbye. Yeah, goodbye. And it's goodbye from him. And it's Go- goodbye from him. So, <laughs> goodbye.